0: Was dope! Everybody, please put hey. a thumb in the air. Hey.
1: Hey everybody, how you doing? Well, that's good. Welcome to Broad Street Hockey Radio. That's right, BSH Radio. My name is Bill Matz. I'm your director of fun and games for the evening. I mean, they're getting to 10. There is not a single doubt that this thing gets to 10. There's just nothing stopping them from losing 10 in a row. They're at 7, and 5 2 over this stretch, It feels like we've been here before. I don't know. It just seems Mm -hmm. as if we've done this a couple of times in the recent past. Just Uh, maybe. uh, Let's just get into it because this team is just, I mean, what can you do at this point? They're out of fucking players. But we're going to talk about it. Uh, Let's lead things off with the fly by yourself, Kelly Hinkle.
2: Yeah, I think I've seen this show like once or twice or three times. (laughs) Like
1: we can just play the archives
2: yeah (laughs) everybody's hurt
1: and they're on a losing streak
2: you know how like when you're depressed you watch the same show that you watch all the time when you're depressed because it makes you feel better for me it's bake off i think for steph driver it's Grey's anatomy it sure is Grey's anatomy and somehow watching the flyers do the same thing i've seen over and over again does not provide me with the same level of emotional relief it's, it's it's not a comfort because because it's really us. it's really not i don't feel as, good about it so that's fun fr-
3: it's supposed to be different i think that's the problem that it's the supposed problem? to be different and, and it never is but yeah. we're we're comfortable in our misery it's, like we we know what this feels like oh I,
2: I live here all my stuff is here we
3: live here yeah. like we know what this feels like the losing streaks the the no hope the no players we know what this feels like we're fine
1: that's when for like that 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 couple of weeks there, when the Phillies were on their playoff run and the Eagles were undefeated and the Flyers were playing well for well winning, uh, for some reason, I was like, I'm uncomfortable with this. I know how to act <laughs> when things are going poorly because that's usually, but everything being okay is weird. This is somehow very familiar, but it's not comforting. Uh, it, but it's, it's too close to the sun. It's where Again. we always seem to end <laughs> up with this hockey team. Uh, let's go over to Charlie O'Connor.
0: Yeah, so kind of jumping off that last little statement by Bill, I've made this point for years about the Philadelphia Flyers, is that they just have a knack for falling flat on their face at the moments when people are starting Like, when people are like, hey, let me check in on the Flyers and see how they're doing. Because maybe I'll start paying attention. And that's when they save their absolute, like, most horrifying, embarrassing moments. And there's something really funny about the fact that the entire city is focused on the Phillies. Because the Phillies are going on this playoff run, they make it to the World Series. The Phillies World Series run ends on October 5th. Or November 5th. November, yeah. On November 10th, five days later, the Flyers start their losing streak. Like they they had to wait until like (laughs) maximum eyes were on them. Like, at least, like, give the Sixers credit. They had their most embarrassing part of the season while no one cared. Like, they knew that, like, well, if we're gonna suck and we're gonna be real bad, probably best to do it when everyone's paying attention to the Phillies. The Flyers, on the other hand, had the only part of their season where they weren't a total dumpster fire when no one cared. And the minute that people started being like, eh, you know, like, I kind of want to see what the other teams are doing, then the Flyers are like, all right, now we're going to lose
1: all the games. Here we go. Was the best example, I feel like the best example was that uh, the Flyers were, like, playing well. It was like, no, really, tune in. And they had that national TV game against the Penguins on, it was, like, Halloween or maybe the 30th. And they lost nine to fucking one. Like it was, it was like a curb stopping. Yeah, <laughs> <A> few, like <laughs> they, they always, sit t- like I'll always remember that. Just as like, yep, sorry everyone, false alarm. You can go back to your like, just watch, watch whatever the, watch something else. Like just, yeah. <laughs> you can go back to whatever it is you were doing yesterday. And that's just who this team is. Uh, last but certainly not least, <laughs> Stephelicious D. Steph Driver.
3: I don't have anything to say about the flyers. <laughs> I think that that's probably the, that best, the best. The only- best that I can do right now.
2: <laughs> <laughs> What'd you say? You were in the ending of the show.
1: Yeah, I, I wrapped it up. Oh, <laughs> that's it.
3: And that. Um, I. I mean, we know we knew, we knew what they were. I'm just not surprised. That's where we are. I'm not surprised. We knew what they were. We knew what the season was going to be. It, it just took a little bit longer to settle into the misery that it usually does because the Phillies were feeling good about themselves and that just kind of carried over to all of the other sports. But we knew what this team was. That's, this is their trash. I, I, don't I don't know. know.
0: Kelly was, was very much about to go full Kelly mode a couple shows ago. And I had to be the jerk who's like, nah, they're still bad.
2: Yeah, Charlie did this actually. I was making them good and then Charlie did that. So.
1: <laughs> we all oh, knew, yeah, Kelly was But it was like okay. what if they're just one of those teams that everyone knows is bad, but the PDO wave just lasts yeah. the season. Like they're bad next year and we know none of these players are actually good, but Carter Hart's just awesome, and they score on, like, 25% of their shots. Like, what if, what if that just continues for, like, 82 games, and then they run yeah. into a good team in the playoffs, and they're like, okay, see you later. But it, it happens sometimes. I was hoping. It does.
3: So Kelly and, I, Kelly and I went to the home opener together, and I think that I've already told this story on this podcast, but I'm going to tell it again. So we're in the car, and she goes, what if, like, just what if this is the team that wins the cup? Like, just think about it for a second. Yeah. What if this Flyers team is the team that wins the cup? And my brain broke. Like, I did have think to send about Kelly it to for rehab. full minutes and my brain broke.
1: <laughs> Kelly needs some sort of re-indoctrination therapy. <laughs> she, has, she has broken from reality. Now, like, I just thought maybe, but we all, you know. I came to grips with the idea, like, listen, I know they need to lose. And getting as high of a draft pick, and getting the best draft odds possible is the best thing for this franchise. But that was before we were watching them every night. When you sit down to watch, and they just like the few good players they have get hurt one by one. Mm. It's depressing. They updated us on this injury list, and it's fucking hilarious quite honestly it, it's it, it was its own <laughs> novel like it's like okay yeah travis connecty we travis okay if one of the b- best things that comes out of this is travis connecty is back to the guy we thought maybe he could be nah fam he's out two weeks <laughs> good luck and it's just yeah cam, A- cam Atkinson, cam in yeah still week to week we'll we'll see uh james van Reemsdyke. He's fine. He'll be back when we thought, but it's James Van Riemsdake at the end of the day. Who cares? Who cares? Uh, Bobby Brink, he's in line to come back in December or January, maybe. It it it, it just keeps going. Wade Allison's hurt again. You know, we were just saying, oh, you know, Wade Allison. Maybe, maybe, no, no, he's gone. It's just everyone dead. continues. Gone. dead. Everyone just continues. Every single game, it seems like there's a major injury. Dead. You know, How's this yeah, possible? What game was it? I think it was the
2: Dallas game. Oh, yeah, Scott Loughton's Lo-
1: out. Forgot all about him.
2: There was the—I think it was the Dallas game that they lost, but they like played pretty well, and it was kind of just like, all right, you know, that was a good hockey game, but they lost because they're just not as good as the Dallas Stars. Like that's fine, I can live with that. It, and that was kind of like what I think I was hoping for, but now we're down to just like, you know. Second line, Zach McEwen, just nonsense. Like, it's gotten, it's getting. At
1: what point are they out of guys? Like It's got to be soon, right? <laughs> how many guys can possibly, like, how can they juggle this thing to make the money work? How is it possible? Oh, the
0: money's not a problem because they have so many guys on long-term injury reserve because they got guys like Ryan Ellis who, like, we didn't even mention because he's just dead.
2: Yeah, he's but like, He has never gone here before. I don't know him. <laughs>
0: But no, it like and and lest we forget, you know, we just went through all the player injuries and I know that he did not miss a game because of this. But like in the midst of all this, the head coach got kicked by a horse.
2: <laughs> However, the best team ever. It's it, they
3: really are fucking hilarious. The, I need to note. I need it noted that my analysis on the horse kick was spot fucking on. It was. I just, Just I want it to be clear. Give me some treats. Hello, I need attention. Excuse me, boop.
1: How is this possible? Like, have you ever seen in anything, like, on a TV show, like, the family that bad things keep happening to, they don't happen at this rate. Like, they have to have an, there's a, there's like a, 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 like a take a breather episode in there somewhere. It's truly comical. Like,
0: (laughs) I, I, I implore the Cohen brothers for their next movie. <laughs>
2: oh god.
0: To make a movie about the Philadelphia Flyers or at least inspired by the Philadelphia Flyers because this is extremely their
2: shit. It really is. <laughs> that would be a really good movie. <laughs> How absurd can we get? Can I
3: be like a side a side character? Because I feel like my life goes the way that the flyers go, and shit's just been real downhill for the past decade.
2: (laughs) Why the heck not? (laughs) Yikes.
3: Tell me, tell me I'm wrong. (laughs) I just Yeah. uh,
0: I mean, yeah. (laughs) But like going back to these injuries, I mean, and I put this on the outline. If you would have told me for game one that these are the top two lines that the 2022-2023 healthy Philadelphia Flyers would roll. If you would have told me the first line was James Van like Sean Guterrier, Cam Atkinson, and the second line was Travis Konechny, Scott Lawton, Wade Allison, I'd be like, yeah, you know what, like, that fits. Like, you know, maybe, you know, maybe I'd make some tweaks here and there, but in the grand scheme of things, like, yeah, th- those sound like the top two lines that the Flyers very well could run for game one. And poof, they're all just gone. All of them, they literally have two their top two lines. Now, I'm not saying that they are actually like the top two lines on a good team, but still, these are the could be the Flyers' top two lines, and they are just not playing. They lost I mean, the ball like,
1: outside of Kevin Hayes. That's like what their six highest paid forwards. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, JVR Couturier, Atkinson, Konecny, Lawton, and then well, Allison. He's you know, but every like yeah. <laughs> How is this possible? It's really remarkable. It's fucking, uh, it doesn't seem, and that's, it's not a shock. They didn't have much talent to begin with. You know, we called it, like, in terms of high-end talent, one of the worst rosters in the league. And now they're just missing everybody. Uh, It's not a shock that they've lost seven in a row. Uh, like the Capitals aren't good. Pittsburgh, the Islanders twice. I guess it's feasible they win, but they're not going to. I mean, to uh, me, if they're gonna break the streak, it's probably got to
0: be tonight. Like it's because the Capitals, everybody's injured for them too. Yes. So yeah. this is a, this is a winnable game. They could beat the Caps. The Caps have, I think, actually a worse record than the Flyers. So like the Caps are it a mess was as well. identical Behind. when I did yeah. the yeah. The yeah. They could yeah. win this game if they don't beat the Caps. I think they're losing ten. Because it's hard, like, yes, the Penguins haven't been amazing so far this year. But, like, there's still the Penguins. They're going to beat the Flyers. Like, they're going to find a way. Sidney Crosby's going to score a hat trick. If the Flyers are up 4-2 in the third period, Sidney Crosby will score a hat trick in the final 10 minutes (laughs) just to make sure that the Flyers don't beat the Penguins. And then, after they lose that game, they play the next night on the road. Like, that's a game that everybody loses.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So then there's 10 losses right there. Boom.
2: No, I've decided, actually, that they're going to beat the Penguins. A, because I think (laughs) I'm going to go. So, like, I would personally enjoy a win. Um, And B, it's like, since we're doing a Coen Brothers movie, it is like the best way for them to break the losing streak would be against the Penguins on what apparently the NHL is calling the 2022 NHL Thanksgiving showdown. (laughs) <laughs> on Black Friday. They gave it a title. <laughs> honey. They gave it a title, yeah, Honey. Kelly. Sweetheart. No, that's what I want. They're not
3: going to break this losing streak, sweetness. This is not a happy no, that's, ending. That's what I was just about to ask. Yeah, but... Is it possible this is, this they is not, lose? No. There's, no, there's no redemption arc. They just don't, there's no coming back. They don't win. Is it possible this they not, lose this out? This is not a happily ever after. What they is just they
2: lose. What, what was it, the Sabres that did no, 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 like 20, no, 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 no. Other games? way,
3: other way, Kelly. Kelly, I need you to think about what if they don't? What if they just do not break this losing streak? That's what I need you to think about here.
1: That's, what if they just lose no, out? We broke out. What if Kelly's they just broke no? Out. I don't want to. What if they just don't win another game? Like, uh, it, it seems like obviously it's hockey. Everyone wins now and then, but you just look at this team. You look at what keeps going wrong for them, and you're, I, I just keep going. Yeah, they could. You know, uh, it's it's not. It's Thanksgiving, and I think they could lose the whole rest of the season. That That's, could be. <laughs> like, that would be fun to be quite honest with you. Like at that be.
2: point. Once you start making history, then you're like, fuck yes, lose another one. Like, let's go. Like, it gets to be a fun... You know they draft second,
0: though. You know. Oh, 100%. (laughs) Yeah, but (laughs) if they draft... No, drafting second is fine. They'll still get... The worst would be Uh, if they draft fourth.
2: They're going to draft second. They're going to take the Russian guy, and he's never going to be able to come over here. Yeah. That's the Flyers He's going to
1: get put in a cell with Fedotov, and we're like... (laughs) No, I... The thing about it's not this, like second is run, famous, bad.
3: Fedotov is on an iceberg. He's not necessarily in a cell. They sent him up to Siberia. He's on an iceberg. I'm
0: sure there's a fence. So the thing about this run that's really, like, I, I hesitate to use the word demoralizing because at this point, like, as we've said earlier, <laughs> we knew this team was going to be bad. But here's the thing. Like, the previous two seasons, when they go on these awful runs, it was, it was frustrating to watch, because you'd watch them and you'd be like, they should be better than this, and they just, like, are constantly fucking up, you know, they're making dumb mistakes, they're, they're giving up on games, and you're just, would get frustrated because it's like, you are better, like, you have more talent, and you're just not using it. The thing about this one is that, like, you watch the games, they are trying. They're trying. They are, they are keeping games close. <laughs> the effort is there. They just stink. Yeah. Like, and, and, and especially with all these guys hurt, Like they just don't have the talent. Lucas Sedlak was on the power play last game. They just don't. And I like Lucas Sedlak. He had six points in his last NHL season. He shouldn't be sniffing an AHL power play. <laughs> They're just not good enough. And no. it's just it's it's demoralizing because you watch them and you're like, they really are giving it all they have. They are trying but, so hard. But this is all they have. They
1: stink. This is all They're they have. So- It's that's like I I said at the beginning of the show, it feels like we've been here before, but it's not the exact same script. Like before we always said, you know, one thing, one bad thing would turn into 10 bad things. And then they just fold up and go away for two weeks and you'd open your eyes and go, oh, fuck, they lost 10 in a row. And now (laughs) and now it's like like Charlie said, it's it can't be demoralizing because how could we have everything left? It's like you get hung and then your body gets set on fire and then someone comes by and shoots you. Like, it's over. Stop. <laughs> like, How could you Stop, possibly be more dead? dead? How he's could you already. be more dead? Like, yeah. Thank I, you, it's... it's I, I'm not even, like... I, I used to get mad in these situations. And, yeah, be like, you have Claude yeah. Giroux and Sean Couturier and all Jake Voracek. How are you this fucking bad? And now it's like... I, you know how I texted you guys earlier this week talking about the post-games? And I was like, I just need to fucking sleep sometimes. So I wish someone would yeah. just let these guys take a, a week off. Like, just go take a fucking nap.
2: <laughs> I mean, like, I almost even,
1: feel bad for them. There's nothing yeah, they can do.
2: Even John Tortorella is like, you know, like the dad that has a kid that's like a little bit dumb and like he runs the <laughs> wrong way on the soccer field because he doesn't know what he's doing. But everyone's like, oh, yay, look at little Billy. He's trying. Like, that's, I feel like that's what John Tortorella is doing with with the Flyers right now, like even he's like, you know what, I, they tried. What are you gonna do? Like he's not even. <laughs> that is mad exactly
0: about it. his mentality after these games. It's yeah. basically just like, you know, they tried. Like I can't get mad. I think the one comment he said was like, "I'm frustrated for them," which yeah. like is like it's it's accurate, and I get it. It also is extremely patronizing.
1: <laughs> yes. No, but like in terms of. Harder to play against. Like, the little things we talked about earlier in the season. Like, the puck goes deep in in the offensive zone. The other team breaks out. And the puck carrier is, a lot of times, looking at four or five Flyers jerseys in front of them. They just get by them because those jerseys are being worn by borderline, like, AHL players. Yeah, yeah. They're harder to play against. They definitely are. They just... They can't win. They, they're not good enough to win games. And, no. and the one guy who's like an established NHLer, uh, Kevin Hayes, who's got 19 points in 19 games, the coach seems to hate. Yeah, he does. <laughs> he really does. This, which which this
2: is, is, is fucking not, hilarious. It's one of the low Hold key. Hold on,
3: wait. I've I've been in the hospital. What the fuck is happening with Kevin Hayes? So oh, there is there him?
0: There is low-key tension between. Towards in hayes and it's Which kind of been like it probably hasn't a, a big enough deal hasn't made up but i i noted it all in my column from yesterday at the athletic
1: please subscribe but we'll go dollar through. a month it's a great deal i'm getting yeah, back great in deal. this black week.
0: friday deal um, hayes has scored a lot of points 19 points in 19 games but there have been rumblings over the last few weeks that kevin hayes has gotten called out by john tortorella in internal meetings of basically like get your shit together when we do these tape studies of seeing like all the mistakes that guys have made. Kevin Hayes is popping up quite a lot in these tape studies as someone who keeps screwing up. Well, Ooh. now we're starting to see some, you know, outside evidence that this is happening. So the first thing was when in the, um, in the Montreal game, he was placed on the third line with the wingers. I believe it was Patrick Brown and Max Wilman. So now we got third line center third line center kevin hayes with two guys who probably are ahlers um so that was not that was not a great sign
1: then and let us not forget i'm sorry charlie but let us not forget this is the third line of a team that doesn't have a first or second line exactly exactly.
0: (laughs) (laughs) yes so that was number one and that was like an eyebrow razor like Okay, maybe he could spin this as, like, well, Kevin Hayes is one of a few established NHLers. We need him to carry that line, like, spread the wealth a little bit. And that would have been, like, that, that, that could have been justified. Well, then in the Montreal game, the Flyers are up 4-3 near the end of the game. Kevin Hayes goes on for a shift with, like, a minute 20 seconds left with Noah Cates to try to kill the game. They get a stoppage. Goal, goalie covers the puck. Montreal calls timeout. Kevin Hayes does not go back on the ice for the final minute to help kill that game. Obviously, the Flyers do not successfully kill that game. They lose in a shootout. After the game, Tortorella is asked, you know, basically, do you need more from the few vets you have that are actually still healthy? His response, I mean, you saw the guys I had out on the ice at the end. That kind of spells it out for you. I don't need to answer that question. You can tell by the people I'm putting on the ice. I went back through pretty sure that was very much directed at kevin hayes yikes oh shit then to make sure that you if you if you missed that just to make sure that you got the hit he then for monday's game moved kevin hayes to the wing again this is a team where everybody's hurt kevin hayes is on the wing the explanation he gave i want to continue to develop Catesy as in noah Cates as a center I think is more responsible download defensively than Kevin Hayes. Now, Noah Cates, to be clear, has played in fewer than 40 NHL games, is 23 years old, isn't even really a center. Yeah. And John Turterell is like, yeah, that guy's better than you defensively, Kevin Hayes.
1: Ooh. oh, And I wouldn't, uh, uh, like... I, I love it. Kevin I Hayes, love it. I, love I wouldn't... I love it, I love it, I'm sorry. I wouldn't say defensive specialist, but supposedly noted two-way player yes. was his thing when they brought him in um I do like I do like that John Tortorella might be the only person in the organization that believes in uh developing and has an eye on the future yes. at least now maybe that's just he's trying to embarrass Kevin Hayes I don't know <laughs> uh, but I I appreciate that he's like yeah well you know uh, Noah Cates might actually be able to play and we have no centers so I'd like to see him try to figure that out like sound logic <laughs> I can't argue with it other than the fact that once again Kevin Hayes is like the only natural NHL center they have right now and he's taken him out of that spot <laughs> it's, it's you really know what funny
2: it's I, really I, I kind of like, like this it. whole
1: thing's hilarious.
2: I like it because, first of all, not only is Tortorella the only person that seems to be interested in developing young players, he's also... Who would have thought? I feel like he's like low-key with these kind of moves and like the disappointed dad comments. Like I feel like he's low-key saying, like, yes, Chuck Fletcher put together a very shitty hockey team that simply cannot win games, so this is where we are. And I appreciate that. Um, but also, it's... It's also, I think, kind of signaling that he's like, I know we're not really going to win any games, and this season isn't going anywhere, so if I'm going to give Kevin Hayes a fuck you, I'm going to give Kevin Hayes a fuck you. It doesn't matter. Because I feel like a lot of coaches would be like, well, I have nothing else. I have to put Kevin Hayes on the top line. Like, what else am I going to do? I have no players. But John's like, nah, nah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell him he's an <laughs> He'd asshole. He'd rather lose. <laughs> yeah, he would yeah, rather yeah. use and tell Kevin Hayes that he's he's not playing well than like, try futilely to win a game that they're not going to win anyway. And I, I actually think that's a good thing. All
1: right. So, we've noted the injuries. We know what our expectations were coming in. Obviously, they'd be a better team with... I'm not even talking Ellis and Couturier, but just the guys who are at least here to start the season. Right. Are they falling apart because of the injuries or is that just an excuse? And if it's... Yes. In the, long, in the long term, I don't even care, honestly, about the answer to that question. It doesn't matter. The fact is, they stink. Um, can that excuse be used to preserve Chuck Fletcher's job? Because that's 100%. that's the scary thing here. Like, yep. oh, well, imagine, you know, look at how they started the year when they were healthy. Imagine if we had Couturier, you know, all these things. Could that possibly so, lead to Chuck Fletcher sticking around for another yeah. year or two, which is rebuilding the fucking team at that point? Can he possibly me, survive this? Oh,
3: let yes. me talk through my thought process. Um. So my my initial... My initial gut reaction is no, because he's the man that is supposed to stock the team. And if four players get injured and you are completely handicapped, that is negligence. Like that is on the general manager. Like that's, that's where I come from. Like he was, he's supposed to have depth on his team. And not only did they not have depth to fucking start the season because this team was void of talent, but now people are injured. Now players are injured, and there's nobody that can play. Like, guess what? It's you. Um, and then, and then there's the other piece of this, right? There's the other piece where why are these injuries continuing to happen to the Flyers even after they just revamped their entire medical and training
2: staff? Like, how is this continuing I don't, to happen? Well, because they're cursed fucking idiot team but also i don't think i don't think a this witch? new guy has had enough time to like fix their shitty bodies yeah that makes sense. like if they haven't been training properly it would take time for him to like fix that problem if that yeah. i mean i don't know if that was a problem but yeah i don't think he's had time Yeah, know that makes sense go ahead chuck you look like you're thinking
0: yeah well it's just going back to this this fletcher question Like, is it possible that injuries give him a longer leash? I mean, maybe. Because I do believe, and this is something the fans don't want to hear, but I do believe that there is a feeling within ownership that while Chuck Fletcher has not done a great job as general manager, that he has had an inordinate amount of bad luck go against him and that they're willing to cut him some slack because they kind of feel like, you know, a lot of shit completely out of his control has gone wrong. And I actually don't totally agree with that. That said, I don't think he's done a good enough job of reacting to it. But I do agree that the amount of misfortune that wasn't in his control that has gone against him is utterly insane. That said, I think that if there's a justification that will be used, because I made this point on Twitter, I think it was during the last game, people got very angry, (sighs) (laughs) <laughs> that, like, they're not going to—I really don't think they're going to fire Chuck Fletcher in the middle of the season. I would be su- surprised.
2: No, of course they're not. I, well, now with pe- the way pe- well, it's gone, well, no. Well, people, it have people have a disaster.
0: People keep asking that, like, if they keep losing, will they? And, like, I guess the answer is, you know, you never know because the fact of the matter is, is that if the Flyers lose 15 straight games and fans are just real, real mad, which they already are, but, like, they get real, real mad, and Comcast decides, well, we got to do something— And we're not going to fire Tortorella because we just hired the guy. And also, like, we like him, number one. Number two, we're still paying Elaine Vigneault to not coach this team. We're not going to not pay two coaches to not coach this team. We pay two coaches to not coach this team. So if they got to throw somebody overboard, to, if they believe they need to pacify fans, it's going to be Chuck. So I guess that's possible. That said, they clearly made the decision in the summer that they were going to stick with Chuck. I don't know what this season has shown them so far. Like, they knew the team was going to be bad. So, like, you went in, you knew the team was going to be bad. You were okay enough with Chuck Fletcher building a bad team to keep him. Why would you then fire him because the team is bad? Like, you knew this. We all knew the team was bad on paper. Why would you respond because the team is bad? Now, would they fire him at the end of the year? That I think is very possible. And the reason being is this. Number 1, like there's only so long a team can be real bad and the GM keep his job. Like that's just the way hockey works. But also, and this goes back to what we were talking about, I believe Steph pointed this out a few minutes ago, that ownership, I think I, I absolutely think Chuck Fletcher like was cool with them hiring John Tortorella, but I also think ownership was very much on board and ownership likes John Tortorella. John Tortorella so far, has identified a few players that he does not seem to think are a great fit for the way forward. He doesn't seem to like Kevin Hayes. He doesn't seem to like Rasmus Ristolainen. Understandably, and I like this guy, he doesn't seem to be totally sold on Travis Sandheim yet. The fact of the matter is, is that these are all guys that Chuck Fletcher gave big money to. And if your coach, if your ownership, and the coach who you like Goes to you and tells you, we need to get rid of these guys who less than a year, year and a half ago, the general manager gave massive contracts to. You're going to start thinking, maybe this general manager isn't the right person to keep giving out these contracts because the coach who we like more than you thinks that the contracts you've given out were dumb. That, to me, could be a justification we're getting rid of Fletcher at the end of the season
1: it's you just named like Kevin Hayes obviously that was a few years ago but yeah that was that was a few years ago, but but Risto and Sanheim like he's it's almost like he's singling out Chuck Fletcher's guys yeah. that's I would have gotten that's more, why
2: I like it I, I yeah. do really feel like yeah. a lot of the things that he does are like Chuck did a shitty job with this team and this is why I'm doing what I'm doing, because I'm stuck.
1: I want to get more into this conversation. I just wanted to take a break real quick. So we're going to do that. We're going to break uh, for an ad, and then on the other side, I want to talk about Risto and Sanheim, and why maybe I don't want Chuck Fletcher fired. Don't worry. It's funny. I actually do. Uh, Hold on. Hold on through this ad.
2: (laughs) Spoiler alert, dude.
1: All right, fam. We are back, and uh, I... uh, (laughs) I'll just get this right out there. Um, Chuck Fletcher has burdened this franchise with like Sanheim. It's a it's a stupid contract. Like you'd just be better off the shape this team is in. Trade him and like start over the way they need to do. But whatever, you're paying max money for a guy like for his absolute upper end. That maybe you see, maybe you don't. But like the Risto contract. Just a goddamn embarrassment. From the trade to get him, to the extension you gave him. All of it, absolutely. And now he has burdened the uh, the franchise with the contracts he has handed out. So my only case for keeping Chuck Fletcher is I want him to have to sit in this pile of shit. I want him to have to deal with this burden.
2: (laughs) No, but... (laughs) <laughs> then we have
1: to sit in the shit of Yeah world, that's, Bill. that's 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 <laughs> the it, it
3: just extends the pain for us. Yeah,
1: that's the and you know what here's the problem we have to sit in it anyway. Uh, Fair maybe enough. a better general manager could figure a way out of this stuff. They won't hire that guy. They're gonna hire Bobby Clark's nephew or something. So, oh uh, you know, uh, I'm not that optimistic Does either he way. Have a
3: nephew, like, do we need to
2: start infiltrating? <laughs> he has a son. Wait, are you ready to marry yeah, P- Bobby? Peter
1: White? <laughs> oh no, Peter they broke White. up. Yeah, yeah. they oh, broke up. They? Right. That 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 ended a long time. But he had a yeah.
2: son also that I remember I had a job like on the Phantoms bench when the Phantoms were in sure Philly simply because he's Bob's
1: Yeah, I'm Bob's sure son. Sure he did. Like, <laughs> why wouldn't he? But yeah. no, like and that that was just my joke. Like, I want him to have to fucking like, this is your bed, lay in it. No, literally, we're strapping you to it. This is no, your but problem. Like, but seriously, but like no, that's it's one not the a real th- solution. That's one of the things about this situation.
0: And and I made this point in my comment section yesterday of my article where somebody was like, well, it seems like Torts dislikes all these guys that Chuck Fletcher signed a contract. And th- the truth of the matter is, it's like, it's still early. Like, Kevin Hayes could turn John Torello's opinion of himself around. And by the end of the season, Kevin Hayes is fully bought into what Torts is selling and their best butts. That's happened before. Like, Torts has clashed with players and then... Months later, they make up, and it's like, oh, yeah, this is great. We're buddies. Like, he might grow to like Rastrus Saladin. He might grow to like Travis Sanna. However, if he doesn't, and, like, there are multiple players that I've named that, like, he just— Because here's this quote that he said on Saturday I was in Montreal. As we forecast this team we keep on building this team, those are the things we're going to have to try to figure out. I'm excited about a lot of different things with players. But I'm also looking at some things that I just don't think you're going to be a big part of this when we move forward, or at least they can't be if we're going to move forward. So if John Tudorell at the end of the season goes to Chuck Fletcher or whatever general manager is replacing Chuck Fletcher and says, I can't win with Kevin Hayes because he sets a bad example for young players. He has too much power in the room for a guy who just doesn't give a shit about defense and doesn't do what I want him to do. If he does that, which John Tortorell has every right to do that. He's the new guy coming in. Like, how do they trade him? Like, how do they trade Rastris the how do they, they trade eight years of Travis Sandheim? Like, can't. What, what do the Flyers do? If yeah. John Turrell is like, I can't win with these guys. And the GM is like, well, sorry, they're untradeable.
1: What do you do? And that's, we were... Which gets back to the whole. It gets back to the whole lunacy of their complete lack of plan to begin with. Because, yeah, listen, we were basically told, you know, they can't start over because listen, the Ellis contract, the Couturier contract, all this shit that's already like the Hayes contract, things that you just can't get out of because no team in the league is taking on term. So they proceeded to hand out more term. (laughs) I, I fucking can't believe that this is reality. I truly can't. Like, the injuries, the bad luck, them losing 10 in a row again for the, like, ninth time in the last five years, whatever it's been, all of it, I can be like, yeah, okay. The fact that they allowed this guy to go out and hand out more long-term contracts, and listen, even the Couturier one, I'll live with it. Bad fucking luck. You know, I wish they didn't do it. It would be nice to have a time machine and undo it. Uh... But bad luck. He's a good player that happened to suffer a bad injury. Man, you gave Rasmus the line in five years. That should have been, like, a a, a test. Like, he's in the room, and then it's like, nah, man, you got punked. You were actually going (laughs) to let him sign this deal. You're fucking fired. Like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, that would have been nice. That, that should have been like the walls yeah. come down, and he's in a he's in a studio. He's not at the facility, and it's like, yeah, you you, you did you did you think we were gonna allow this to happen? You think no, we're gonna sorry. rubber stamp this at the end? Yeah, like, did you really? It, it's fucking insane that they've allowed this to continue. It's just like when they let Holmgren sign uh, Andrew McDonald, McDonnell, and then yeah. he's not the GM a month later. How is he in control? Yeah.
0: <laughs> like, yeah. You're not wrong.
1: I just
3: So here's how? the here's the other piece, right? That no one really wants to talk about. They let it go on because they think he's good.
2: Yeah.
1: They yeah, let it you're go not on wrong.
3: Because they like the moves. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah,
2: that's like, that's that, the, they think it's good. That's the real, I think, heart of the problem is that like we know that even fully healthy, this is a bad roster. But all of these assholes thought that healthy. This was a very good roster. Yeah, that's and they were going to win some games, and it was going to be a whole ass thing. But like, that's not true. In in and it never was going to be true. In well, the ridiculous
1: never. fairy tale where Couturier and Ellis and everyone else are healthy, what's this team ceiling? Second round exit? Yeah, like, I, I, I well, that and, feels and, and you you hear it again. It goes I, back to
0: it. kind. Of, it goes back to kind of the philosophy where like the the idea behind this team, the way this team is built this year, is that we're going to be more competitive and we're going to be tougher to play against. And you get guys like Tony D'Angelo, who's a fiery guy and Nick Delorier, who's going to, you know, stick up for the players and like (laughs) add in those guys. And then you add in John Tortorella, who's the epitome of the hard to play against fiery coach. And then suddenly this team is going to be not great, but good. And then you can build on that good team by getting more good players. Now, how you're going to fit them under the cap, I have no freaking clue. How? But that was, the, that was the idea. Whereas all of us looked at the team and are like, no, this team is nowhere near good enough. And that was even when I thought they were going to have Sean Kuturi. I mean, not that they were going to have Ryan Ellis, but when, even when I thought they were going to have Sean Kuturi, it was like, nah, this team, like, their, their ceiling is probably <laughs> like bubble playoff team that misses the playoffs. Because but- they're not going to get this magical boost from being so tough to play against that they suddenly become great. But trust me when I tell you, there were people in and around the organization that did, like, when they still thought Couture was going to come back, that, like, yes, we're going to get this big tough to play against boost. And, like, no. No, Nick DeLaurie is a bad NHL player. Um, I, yes, there's probably some sort of intangible boost there. But, like, getting him is not going to make you a cup contender because he's there. Getting Rassus Tristelion is not going to magically make you so tough to play against that the defense is going to be fixed. It's just not going to happen because yeah, they're not that, good.
2: And that gets to the heart of it that we've talked about a thousand times. Until the organization is rid of people that think that Nick Delaurier is going to make your team hard to play against in today's NHL, we're simply not going to get anywhere. Because those That's- are the guys making the decisions.
1: We've used the Tampa Bay example so many times, but it just bears repeating. Pat Maroon is not... Luke Shen, these guys are not the reason they won the cup. Having a fucking all-star team is why they won the cup, and then they just went out and got some guys who can beat you up, too. Like, It's so ass-backwards, and earlier in the show, when we're talking about the losing, and it's kind of a bummer to watch, that's all true. I could deal with it if... It was all in service of something, but this team, in the best fucking case scenario, is gonna get Connor Bedard, and he's gonna be yes, pro- maybe better, you know, generational talent versus guy who was a star for a little while. But basically, it's just Claude Giroux all over again. Like, okay, you have this great player, and you can't figure out how the fuck to build around him, so we're a bubble playoff team still
2: well, and, and to me, that's, he, i i don't I don't know he, if I totally agree with that no he would be he would be Connor McDavid dragging the oilers into the playoffs every year, except just, there's no
0: tricycle okay Phil <laughs> well, maybe cutter goats, yeah
2: yeah, maybe
1: oh maybe. Charlie, just saying
2: <laughs> if that happens. I- gonna be so happy it feels very
1: are lovely. you are you sold charlie because you were you were a skeptic you were you were a cutter skeptic i i mean i look i wouldn't say i'm a
0: cutter skeptic <laughs> i would say that i was it was i thought i liked the pick because it was a big swing but there was risk there he looked good he looked he looked good in the game i saw at boston college it looks like he's figuring it out i could see him being a like in all honesty like and I don't think he's going to be this good. There are some Joycetel comparisons. Oh, sorry. like he does have a the great shot. Like he he's he's not like ultra ultra physical, but he does know how to use his size to like ward off checkers and stuff. Like you you can see a little bit of that. I don't think Cutter Gauthier is going to be like the best player on a really good team, but I think he's going to be a pretty darn good
1: player. The,
0: so you, the skills are there.
1: You, all all you this like tape that. you watch, all this research you do, and I just pick a guy based on his name. That's the way to do it. <laughs> that's how you evaluate, baby. You never you know, miss. You I'm not saying. Team. I'm not saying I could run a cup contending hockey team. I do believe me or anyone in this Zoom chat right now could do at least as good as the Flyers have done. Oh, like, without question. <laughs> like, I'm not we saying we'd be good.
2: We could simply ask on Twitter, yes. should we sign this guy? And then we'd get enough opinions to be like, oh, no, we shouldn't sign Rasmus and nah. He's actually bad.
1: Probably and
0: not.
2: then
1: it would be fine. Probably not
0: <laughs> the best move for just... the organization at the moment.
1: I... I'll never get over the Ristolainen thing. I really never will. It's the it really most... should
2: have been a fireball offense.
1: I... How? How do they, uh, whatever, we've, we've been over it. No one has an answer. I'm not yelling at you. I'm sorry. I'm just taking it out on playoffs, all of you. Baby. You are my friend. Playoff Risto. Just, just gotta not, get there. We'll see it one day. Once the you playoff- get there, He is
2: activated. He's like a the transformer. P- <laughs> Once you get into the playoffs, he becomes activated, and all of a sudden, he's uh, Bobby Orr. We
0: the Playoff Risto thing, what I love about it is how many people on Twitter don't get that I'm joking. <laughs> when I tweet about it, and they get all mad, and it's like he's never made the playoffs. How do you even know he's going to be good in the playoffs? It's like that's the joke. Exactly. The joke Thank is you. is that the reason why they got him is because it's like, well, we're going to need guys like Risto on the back end when we're a playoff team and we get to the playoffs because the game is so much harder. That it. it's like, okay, I guess that's theoretically possible, but you got to make it first. And he ain't good. He ain't going to help you get there. So. Like, perhaps, in some weird world, perhaps, Rasmus Ristelainen is the guy you trade for when you're already a good team. You trade yes. for at the deadline to stick on your third pair Charlie. to be the hard-to-play against defenseman in anticipation of the playoffs. And he's That like the f- could
2: be the thing that saves us. We need a playoff contender, like a legit contender, to lose a right-handed defenseman right before the trade deadline and in desperation Send us, I don't even give a fuck what it is, a third-round pick for Erasmus Ristolainen. And Robert Haig? That's Hague? what we need. And Robert Haig, yes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Future considerations. The you know, here's the problem with that scenario. Those guys are always in the last year of a contract, and the yeah. team covers 50% of their salary. Yeah, I know, yeah, right. but I said desperate. I know. Desperate. It's just like, yeah, it that's- It also is funny. The
0: Flyers had the opportunity to do that. Yeah, yep, Do exactly sure that. We're yep. like, we can I
3: don't want to talk about that right and now. And they're just like, like, nah, thanks, we're, gonna we're gonna keep we're him. We're gonna keep him. I don't wanna talk about that right now because then that makes me mad at Ivan Provorov again. And do you know what that does to my blood pressure? That's not Talking Ivan Provorov. What does that have to do with Provorov? Well, because Proverov being a little pain in the ass is why they decided to keep Rasmus Ristallin, oh. blah 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 blah. Fucking everything. I hate everyone and everything that is related to this team, except for you people. Thanks.
2: Look at us.
0: Oh, man. Look at us. Okay, so one thing I do want to talk about, um, because we've done our our beat up on Ristolainen thing, which, like, totally justified. The guy is a third pair defenseman getting paid $5.1 million a year. It ain't good. That said, (laughs) I am a Travis Sanheim fan. Travis Sanheim is not playing very well this year. Nope.
3: No, none of them are playing. Yeah, but he's I mean,
0: playing. Like I, I expect more out of Travis Sanheim. And Travis San, I mean, okay. I thought he had a good game against Montreal. I thought that was maybe his best. He scored a goal. He created. He made some plays. He was he activated, it, but like he is not playing well. And like that's real scary because they just signed this massive deal. Well, he's only here for the next decade, Charlie. So. <laughs> Oh, my God. Uh, Well,
3: you know what I know about Travis Sanheim? He grew up on the prairies. He's just So he has a lot of experience doing farm stuff. John Tortorella is going to keep him busy
1: on his farm over the summer.
3: I I think that Travis Sanheim will be okay. I
1: think Travis Sanheim ultimately is an okay enough player. He's fine.
3: He's going to bounce in back. What, I'm not worried about Sandheim because I, be, I, like, I believe in him enough it's, that he's he's going to be fine. He'll the, figure it out. It's
1: not even about what he bounces back. It's just that you don't give a guy who's good enough, fine, okay, eight years. You just don't. Yeah. For what no, reason a, do you need to lock point. up that guy? Yeah. Like This wasn't... He's not a top pair defenseman. We know this. This is a fact. He's like... He got drafted in 2014. The results are in. We know what he is. At his best, he's not worth an eight-year contract. And I, I just, I have no idea what the fuck this front office is thinking. They just have no plan. And it's very, very unsettling that there's not a path forward. I have no idea how they figure this thing out. Like, two to three... I wish they were two to three years away. Are you fucking kidding me? Two to three years away would be light at the end of the tunnel. This is... Yeah. Okay, well, when all these contracts expire, we'll figure it out, I guess. Like, we were hope. Oh, well, JVR comes off the books, and then... Well, now we have a bunch of shit replacing him now. There's a lot of other oh, things to worry God, about than JVR. Hmm.
3: <laughs> now... You all thought that I was being crazy and reactionary and dramatic when I said that Chuck Fletcher's moves this offseason guaranteed that the Flyers are not going to see a cup in our lifetime. Do you still think that? No, I think
0: that's that's absolutely. I think I'm going to live forever. I mean, yeah, I mean, unless like, unless you think we're going to be dead in 10 years.
3: Well, that's the thing. I expect to be dead in 10 years. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that's the difference. Let's not do
2: that. We're all very vibrant people.
3: Um, But this is like what I really want this show to be about and the rest of the season. Like, let us not get caught up in losing streaks and how many games they've won and lost and, and minutes. We need to keep the big picture in mind. and The big picture is that the people running this organization have no fucking idea what they're doing.
2: Someone from the inside has to save us. Someone in charge has to fire these people.
1: There has to be someone there that's looking at this and being like, this is a disaster. Right? They have to recognize this team's a disaster. And, like, not just the team, because Steph's right. Like, a losing streak, some injury, all this shit, basically inconsequential. Totally. The big picture is there's no path. None that I can see. Like, oh, we need more high-end talent. How are we going to get it? What is the path to getting this high-end talent? Well, in
0: fairness, the path to getting the high-end talent, as I've said for a long time, is the accidental tank, which right (laughs) now it ain't looking too bad. Sure isn't.
2: Although they are a lot higher than I honestly...
0: That might might not last. They've lost seven straight games, Hinkle. That's true. That's
2: true. They did do that. Yeah, I don't, I don't want our show to be like an hour of bitching every week. I think. No, no. (laughs) We're on a
0: seven game losing streak. We can complain
2: a little bit. Oh, a little bit. But it's just like,
3: we know, we know. And, and there's something that needs to change at the organizational level. And. It's just, it hasn't happened yet. So yeah, obviously the losing streaks are, are important. And obviously John Tortorella getting real pissy about Kevin Hayes. That's super important. Like I'm here for that. That gives me life. But the, the overarching theme of this season is there's something really fucking broken because the idiots at the top think that this is a good team. And now we're seeing the results that we knew were going to happen. We were telling them all off season, This is a disaster. And they were like, no, no, it's a good team. It's fine. It's a disaster. I just,
1: I have a request. Now, there are people in that organization that have my cell phone number. I want it passed along to the person, somebody that actually has like power, decision-making power, or on the cusp of getting it. Tell me you know. I want to hear from some, I won't say it on the show. (laughs) <laughs> I won't say your name. This is for me. This is for my own mental health. Just tell me that you know this is a disaster.
2: That's I've it. always... I've <clears> been <throat> saying, like, give me five minutes with Dave Scott. I want to have a very pleasant, polite, rational conversation with Dave Scott. It will take me five <laughs> minutes. I just need him to listen to me for five minutes and then answer Did a few you of know? my questions. And then maybe... Maybe, he lives in a bubble. He's a a rich CEO asshole. He lives in a bubble with people telling him yes all the time. I just need to plant a little seed that says, all of this is very bad. Stop listening to your friends. They're going to fuck you out of a job. I just need him to know. And
3: then maybe, you know. We would charm the hell out of Dave Scott. He would love us. Are you kidding me?
1: Especially you and me. We would. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. He would fucking love us. I should be left out of this. (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm Bill's like not me. <laughs> you let me know how it goes. Oh man. So, so before notes. before we, yeah. we
0: end the show, I want to do say one thing that is not directly related yeah. to the flyers. Cool. And oh, then yeah. I want to actually end the show on some mild positivity because this has been a very negative show. So the first thing I want to say is rutabaga
3: Oh fuck! Ah! I know it! <laughs> <laughs> I fucking told you, people. I told you I'm right about everything. It's a
1: retool, Charlie.
2: <laughs> Someday I'll give it to you.
1: That's insane. Oh that's oh, that's good. I can't uh,
2: believe you listened to that whole show.
1: God I did listen to the whole. That was
3: like I, two I, hours long.
2: He, he
3: texted me the day after, so I knew. I knew that he had. That was. Perfect. so
0: for no, for those okay. that that did not listen who are listening to the show did not listen to our two hour live special <laughs> for the three hundredth episode, I was not a part of the live special. I was a part of the three hundredth episode was not a part of the live special and the people on this podcast said some very nice things about me and then they said there's no way Charlie will actually listen to the show. Steph was the only one who said no, he will absolutely listen to the show <laughs> and they decided that the way it would be determined if I actually listened to the show was if because I believe this was said at like the, the hour and 15 minute mark where it was like, okay, if Charlie listened to the show, he has to come on the next show and say rutabaga. And if he does, we know he listened. And if he doesn't, we know he didn't. So I wanted to make sure I said rutabaga to prove so that I funny. did listen to the show. And I did oh, hear all the very God. nice things you said about me. And thank Shit. you. You're all wonderful.
1: Let's see, that show, like, those shows weren't negative at all because we were just being self-indulgent and talking about ourselves. That was great. Maybe we need to do that more. <laughs> I was
2: going to say, that seems to be a strategy for some Flyers podcasting. Maybe we should just talk about ourselves for an hour and how great is. we are at everything. It is. Amazing. <laughs> well, I think that since Charlie
3: heard us say nice things about him, I think he needs to say nice things about us. Oh, no. I just I think that. that's I don't need fair.
0: Text I mean, stuff. nice I don't things know. about me. I later. feel like I missed the boat yeah, on Yeah,
3: text, text me <laughs> nice things about
2: <laughs> yeah. me and that's it. Uh, okay. that's, I'm good.
0: That works. I'm just going to so, disagree with
2: you anyway, so let's not waste time. There we go.
1: So <laughs> yeah, now I said I wanted to things. end it on
0: some positivity.
2: So despite
0: the fact the Flyers are losing lots of games and are pretty much just a bad hockey team, there are some good things that are happening with the team. Like Wells Fargo Center looks great. Owen Tippett looks pretty darn good. He sure does. He yeah, looks he
2: like does. a player. Yes, he does. Is he like a... I'm, st-
3: I'm actually, I'm glad that you mentioned that because I, I saw him. It, that was my most recent impression of the Flyers. Like, Owen Tippett's... Where, might, I'm not upset with him. I might go so far as to say
2: he's a gamer.
0: I Fungs. mean, Owen Tippett, to be clear, I do not watch Owen Tippett and say, man, this guy is a star. No. But I, I look at him and I say, he's a piece. He looks like a piece. He looks like a shoot-first guy who could score 25, 30 goals a year and be a real good piece on a good team. He's not the high-end talent they desperately need, but he looks like a good player, and that's cool because they have been searching for a sniper type for God knows how long. They might have actually found one, and that's cool. You
1: know what's going to be real funny? He looks
3: like someone... He looks like someone who belongs on the ice in an NHL game. And that's really all I can ask for right now. Hard
1: to come by on this roster. You know what's going to be real funny? When Forster's here and Gauthier's here and Tippett is established and they have no playmaking. That's going to be real funny. We're just begging for someone who's, who's willing to pay. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that would be real. Funny. I hate you. For we need
3: to that. set these guys up. It'll be Noah Cates, guys. We're fine. Oh, yeah. We're fine. We why. Uh, no, I,
0: and in all honesty, Noah Cates is another guy who, like, I think he is also establishing himself as a piece. Like, he now I think has six points in his last eight games. And the offense is coming around. He's doing this at center, which isn't even his best position. But they're trying to like teach him and have him establish himself as a center. His play driving numbers are back. Strong again after being real bad to start the year. So, like, he's a positive. I'm liking what I'm seeing out of him. I'm liking what I'm seeing out of Tippett. I'm liking what I'm seeing out of Cates. You know what? We knew the season was going to be bad. We're, uh, you wanted to find a few pieces. And those two guys might be pieces. Maybe when Wade Dallas comes back, maybe he looks like a piece as well. No, this it is looks, a... So, like, no, there, ahead, there are some positive signs amidst all the awful.
2: And it's actually, I think, something really important to focus on because, like, there are a lot of people like Steph Driver who think that we will all be long dead before this team is good again. And it's, like, easy to understand why you might think that right now. But, like, eventually we'll get a competent GM, theoretically. And (laughs) it's good that, you know, they they might not have big foundational stones, like, outside of Carter Hart, but they do have blocks they have some stuff that they can use to build upon and that's you know that's that's good it's not as though the cupboard is totally bare like if we get a good gm who knows what the fuck he's doing there is a little seedling of a good hockey team here that could be developed into something in my opinion
3: yeah, no, I completely agree. And sorry that my microphone was not muted as I was telling Bear that I'm not talking to him. Leave it um, in my opinion. I completely agree. And if if there's someone competent, like there are some pieces here that could work, m- we're just not there. And that's if we're you're just not there. Right if
1: now. you're gonna watch these games, you know, because yeah, losing's good and everything, but basically these games are pointless um, unless. You go in with the mindset some of these guys could be here when they're good again. Yes, you know, like, exactly. That's exactly. this season. If there is a point to it, other than filling out the other team's schedules, it's individual evaluations of a few young guys who could be here and beyond the suck.
2: Hasn't Tortorella yeah. like explicitly kind of said that? Like oh, that's he has. What we're doing this yeah, season? Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah. He has said, it.
2: and like,
0: if you want let, to, let's this is a very negative episode, so let's end it on some some mild positivity. Part the reason why I don't think that like while I think the immediate future is very bleak, and I don't see a quick path to fixing this. You do look at the contracts that we're complaining about. Like Kevin Hayes's contract, not great. Tortorella probably isn't like clicking with him. There's only three more years left in the deal. I don't think any of us think that the Flyers are going to be a cup contender in the next three years. So like yeah, it's annoying, but like, as long as they like, just sit, like sit through it, they, or even like, traded him while eating half of his deal, like, that's three years, it's not going to kill them. Rastorist Aligning, he's bad, that's an awful contract. That said, like, there are other GMs that love the big hitting dude, where like, if they really, really decide they need to move him, yes, they might have to eat money. I think they could palm him off on somebody. Like, they could if they— I've I've always said I thought they could have palmed Andrew McDonald off on somebody. It's just they didn't want to because they thought he was good. Ristolainen, I think if they absolutely had to trade him, they could. Now, you look at, like, the Ellis contract. He's probably going to be a long-term injury reserve for the rest of his career. That sucks from an offseason cap standpoint. It's not the worst thing. Like, whatever. He's never going to play again. The Couturier contract is scary, and the Sanheim contract could be scary, but, like, at least they're good players, hopefully. Like, who knows what, what version of Couturier we're going to get, but, like, there's a path to him coming back from this back surgery and still being good. Like, it, it could—there is a pathway where if the Flyers get Connor Bedard or Adam Fantilli in this draft, and then Cutter Gauthier comes up next year and looks like a legitimate top-line player, that you can see a pathway out of it's not next year it's probably not the year after next year but there is a pathway out of this yes. and guys like owen Tippett and noah cates could be
1: part of that well fam here's to the 2030s <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: it's gonna be a and great just, just my little
3: us. closing my little closing note because i like to i like to follow the players as human beings uh tanner Lazinski is is a dad. He just had his first baby, little Leo Lazinski, a month ago. So I think that's cool for him. Like, he's an established NHL player-ish, and now he's got a and baby. And he just like, had his, his first life goal. life is on the up and up. First NHL goal? goal. Good for you, yeah. Tanner. So Tanner Lazinski, congratulations on your baby. Very cute. Um, And, like, it's cool. It's a cool time for him in his life. So that's awesome. Mazel.
1: I just want to congratulate... Cole Caulfield on his 12 goals this year. And <laughs> Bill, you, just why? Can't, you
0: can't let us end the show <laughs> on a
1: positive note. not kind
2: of could you? I very
1: much look forward to hopefully second pair defenseman Cam York.
2: No way, but can we talk about for a second how hilarious it is that Max Talbot was on Montreal Canadian television saying that Cole Caulfield looks like Alex Ovechkin at the start of his career? That's funny. I mean, that's
0: oh, not well. true. I mean, Look, yeah. I, I, I'm a Col- Alex no, Ovechkin's falling it. down he was, he was, on his ass, yeah, I mean, scoring goals. Yeah, for- <laughs> literally, like Alex Ovechkin his rookie year was scoring goals on his back.
2: Yes, <laughs> it's. I'm saying it's hilarious that he it's said ridiculous. out loud that Cole Caulfield is is anything like Alex Ovechkin. I thought that was funny. Okay, it yeah, is. That's straight nuts. Yes. All right, that's nuts.
1: Are we? Uh, are we done now? <laughs> yeah, I think we're done. <laughs> all right, and that is all the time we have for you on BSH Radio this week. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for hanging out. If you haven't already, you got to hit that subscribe button. Search Broad Street Hockey wherever they're and Boom. Content, baby. Uh, uplifting. Inspiring content like today's show Always. and so much more. Uh, just, you know, hit subscribe. Give us a five-star review. Say nice words. All that stuff. All right. For Steph, for Kelly, for Charlie, my name is Bill Matz. Have a great week, everybody. Are you ready to talk about sports?
2: Yeah!